You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. So welcome back to Podiatry Marketing. I'm Tyson Franklin and my co-host is Big Jim McDonald. Jim, how are you doing today? Tyson, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I still uh, chuckle every time you call me Big Jim, but uh, you know, being 5'9", 145, you know, like uh, I guess I guess I did earn that title. But you did. Uh, thanks. For I was going to do it uh, almost like a, um, like the wrestling. I was going to lean right into the microphone, and <laughs> and try and get the really echoey voice happening. Try to do some sound effects, but didn't worry about it. So, Jim, what are it's we like, talking about today? Uh, so today we're going to talk about different ways of delivering podiatry marketing and like who, like how do you get started once you decide this is something that you think is viable for your practice. Just like really breaking down kind of some pros and cons as far as different options you have to move forward with your podiatry marketing efforts. So it's just like when people say, oh, I want to do marketing, but I don't have time. So they're not sure yeah. where to start or do they do it themselves or do they outsource it? What, what do they do? Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's kind of where people run to and they you know they finally see that, okay, this is something that I should be doing, but like what is what, what are my options and the kind of like what are the pros and cons of those? So I'd say the first one, like you said, is you know, can you do it yourself? Right. Yeah. Like, do you have time? Do you have some kind of either marketing background or digital knowledge? You know, like, obviously, if you're part of a large practice, maybe this stuff is already taken care of for you. But if you're in a small practice, you got more time than money, you know, maybe at least learning some of the basics can be a beneficial thing. And then, you know, if you've done some more digital stuff, you know, building out your own website or looking into some of these other uh, digital channels is an option. Uh, but that's kind of where most people start is that should I do it myself or, you know, as they, run out of time and they have more money than time. It's like, okay, like, I don't really want to do it myself anymore. Like, who can I bring on or what are my options uh, at that point? But it's, And it also come down to what you like doing. So sure. it'd be like if you sort of go, I don't like marketing. I really just, the whole thought of having to do it, I just don't enjoy it. Not that it's cringy and I don't believe in marketing, but I just don't want to do it and I don't want to learn how to do it. So that's perfect for that person because they may have the time to do it. They might have the money to do it, but they just don't want to do it. Yeah, if they don't have the passion for it or the passion to really like, you know, uh, know how to kind of drive ROI and really just make sure that it's a profitable enterprise for themselves, you know, then it's then it's that kind of at that crossroads where, you know, what am I going to do and what is that kind of like path that you want to walk down after that? So if somebody was thinking, should they just go to one company and just get it all done by that one company or that person. So like you're an individual person. Me personally, if I, I, if, I, if I was going to get somebody to look after all my marketing for me, me personally, I would rather talk to just one person. And now they might have a team behind them, but I just want to talk to the one person. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a couple of different ways, you know, different layers as far as kind of when you start walking down that path. I think the first step is that you know, do you feel, you know, do you want to outsource it? Is it something you want to hire on, um, to, you know, to have someone on staff? And each one of those has um, definitely some some benefits um, and, you know, some upsides and downsides. Yeah. I'd say for an outsourcing standpoint, you know, the first thing is like, okay, I hear it a lot. And sometimes like, how, how do I know how, like who to trust and where to go, right? Like, um, you know, how, who's done it in the past as far as podiatry marketing for other clinics, who other people worked with? Uh, you know, should I work with somebody locally if yeah. I outsource it? Uh, that's the kind of the first step is this kind of like, what is the outsource opportunities? And then also it's like, well, maybe it would make sense. We're either a big enough practice now where we could hire somebody in, but then like, it's the same kind of thing. Who has a skill set? How much are you going to have to teach them about podiatry if they don't know about the profession? Um, 
you know, wh what is, you know, what have they done previously and how well does that translate um, to kind of the nuances of medicine? Obviously, when you're marketing medicine and healthcare, it's a different kind of, you know, the rules are a little bit different um, than they are for products or for other types of services. So it is this kind of like, if you're going to go down the outsource or the hiring route, like knowing kind of what you're getting yourself into in those two realms. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really important too because like I enjoyed marketing, so I never had a problem doing it myself. As I got busier and the clinic got bigger, I then employed somebody to help me. So I employed them in house, and we actually worked together doing things. And while I was then say seeing patients, they were looking after certain things for me, making sure stuff was done, boxes were ticked, dots crossed, uh, dotted, T's crossed, doing all that, doing all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, my grandma they just showed my grandma then, didn't I? But I do know other people that they yeah, they found someone and they just prefer to to outsource it and not take care of it themselves at all. Yeah, and I think they're. The, I don't think either one of those is like necessarily like better than the other. It's kind of what's more comfortable for the person in charge and kind of what they what they want to what they want to do and what they want to oversee within their practice, right? If they have the bandwidth to kind of manage it or just to to have it in house, if that's more efficient for their time, it's just kind of one of those things too, right? Like you have to know what that level that person you're bringing in if you do hire somebody right and you, you probably don't want to try to do all the things at once it's one of those things where like you have maybe it's email marketing or website stuff and then the, the person can kind of scale up um as, as you're working with them uh, but also like you talked about like you know if you're gonna you know outsourcing is also a great opportunity because maybe someone doesn't have to be brought up to speed yeah they're maybe like a monthly check-in after a period of time or maybe yeah. there's an onboarding process for a couple of weeks where there's a lot of close collaboration but after you get the kind of rhythm and flow of what's working um you know developing an active plan together doesn't necessarily mean that um the practice owner or the podiatrist has to be like in the weeds every day talking to like the outsourced person it's just like Maybe it's like a monthly check-in, uh, you know, that this kind of sees where things are at on a monthly basis or something really in-depth on a quarterly basis to make sure that, um, you know, those targets you're shooting for together are being met. And if not, how do you change course to make sure that, you know, as the practice evolves, the marketing plan around the practice evolves as well. How, how does somebody identify someone who's dodgy? Because that's, <laughs> that's one thing where I've had people say, oh, I, I've worked with somebody. And I worked with them for six months, got no results, and and then I found out they closed up shop and they, they were no good. I saw a I saw something on Facebook well, a couple of weeks ago now, and it said, Oh, for ninety nine dollars a month, we will do so many Facebook posts for you and we'll do this and we'll give you a monthly report. And I'm like, Seven posts of what? There was nothing there about yeah. we will talk to you and and work out a strategy and what is it you're trying to achieve with your business. So I know you could quite easily sign up for these different companies who, yeah, they'll do seven Facebook posts for you um, a month or a week, but are they posting the same stuff on your Facebook page as they are on another 50 podiatry clinics? There's no consultation with you, what your strategy is or where you want to take your business, which would completely change how they would deliver the content. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some like uh, some red flags that get raised if you're getting like, you know, cold called out of the blue or, um, you know, there's just certain you know, aspects. If someone's not, you know, has never worked with a podiatrist before, but claims that they're going to like, you know, generate uh, like an extraordinary amount of new patients, you know, say like, yeah. we're going to get you 50 new patients this month. Like if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, you know, there's different ways to kind of like filter some folks, you know, if, if someone's like spoken at you know, like a state or local association, it doesn't necessarily mean they're like 
automatically great, but you know, maybe you're they'd speak at an association and they, you know, they provide some references, right? Or, or if you go to their website and you see that they've been working with some different podiatric clinics and you reach out to those podiatric clinics, it's definitely worthwhile, I think, to get some, um, to do some due diligence on the backgrounds of some of these folks. Because, you know, like even if some people work with a lot of podiatry clinics, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get like uh, a custom plan or something personalized. And it's also where you're at in your practice, right? Maybe, when you're just getting started off and you have zero money, like someone's going to charge you $500 a month just for a website and for a little bit of stuff, that's enough maybe. But like, you need to know that like, um, it's not always the most expensive is the best. Cause I'm sure there's some charlatans out there that just want to like charge you ridiculous amounts of money. But you know, there is, uh, you know, you have to know whether you're like kind of in a situation where it's more like, let's say like a boutique or more of a customized and personal situation. So that's like, people that are onboarding you, asking you questions about your practice, really helping you build out a website that very, feels very custom and not as cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, some, templated, template, some templates compared to other ones are okay, but it's pretty easy to tell like, unfortunately it's pretty easy to tell like three to six months into a contract, like how somebody operates as opposed to like the kind of dog and pony show they give you at the beginning, right? Like um, we've worked with, if, if they said they've worked with over like 50 to 100 clinics, it's probably a sign that you're just kind of another number and another person they're going to hand off to like um, their kind of like customer service manager. And you'll really not ha never have kind of a close contact with anybody that really, I don't know, like truly understands the profession or the person that's building or writing this stuff on your website. So it's like two, two extremes. You can go to a company that's really big who says we're working with a hundred clients. So, you know, you're just one of a hundred and the person who's looking after your stuff could be anywhere around the world and they're probably chopping and changing all the time. And then you got the other extreme where, and I think I told you a story when I was at a, um, a networking breakfast and we're all there, most of us are adults. And this dude turns up on his skateboard because that's how I usually arrive to my networking breakfast for business. So he rocks up on a skateboard and so I said to him, so what do you do? And he goes, I do online marketing for people. Went, oh, fair enough. I said, how long have you been doing that for? He says, six months. And I said, so you any good? He goes, not really, but I'm getting better. <laughs> With the more clients I get, the better I'm getting. He says, don't tell anyone. He said, I'm actually just learning off of their, off of their coin. And I wanted to hit him over the head with a skateboard because I thought that is what is wrong with that. Yeah, because anybody can just, you don't need any qualifications to say, I can help you with your online marketing. Anyone can No, do for it. sure. No, that 100%. And I think one thing you made me think of too is a red flag is that you need to make sure that um, the, the purpose you're working with is willing to like basically have a non-compete, meaning that they're not working with the same clinic just down the road or their platform yeah. doesn't allow for people that are basically going to have almost an identical website, identical functionality, exact identical marketing as you, you know, advertising on the same keywords as you just because you're using the same service provider. So I think that's another thing always to ask is like, do you, you know, does your service or do you, um, are you the provider for any of the kind of like local, other local podiatry clinics? Because like it or not, there's going to be a conflict of interest there. Oh, definitely. Um, but it's not, this is not an illegal thing. It's more of a, uh, a trust and a moral or a issue than it is, you know, from a business perspective. Well, coaching is exactly the same thing. I know some of these like larger coaching organizations where if they've got, 100 or 150 clients that they're looking after, I almost guarantee there's going to be clients that are 
very close to each other and there could be a, a slight conflict. Whereas I know when I do coaching, if I'm dealing with someone in a particular area and somebody else approaching from that area, I'd say, I can't, I can't do it because I just can't do it. But that's just me. No, I mean, that totally makes sense, right? Like, uh, <laughs> it just, yeah, you, you have that kind of like the moral certainty that like you're providing the best service for this one person in this area and you're just doing the best you can for them. I think it just keeps everyone aligned with the same incentives. Um, and you're not kind of like wondering, okay, like which Google ad is going to get shown? Like, yeah. what am I bidding? Because like sometimes you could actually physically bid up a keyword in a local area. Uh, against yourself or against the two clients you're working with, you are in that, if you put yourself in that predicament. So I would definitely ask if they have any other local clients, that's another red flag. Yeah, but and it is true because if you're working with somebody with marketing or with coaching, you put your hat on and I want them to be the best in their area. How can I yep. help two people be the best in their area at the same time? So if I was working with someone and they left, then somebody else came on board, then my focus would be on them. And I think it works exactly the same as finding a provider to help you with your marketing. No, for sure. That definitely is, makes a big difference. So somebody's listening to this and they're going, okay, Jim, where do I start? Where, how do I find this right person? Other than yourself, of course. Yeah, well, I just want to touch base real quickly on the kind of all-in-one versus multiple providers. And yeah. I think that we touched it on a little bit. Um, but it's like one of these situations where like, you know, if you do sign up with a big company, like, yes, there are definitely value adds to having kind of a, a big company that can kind of do repetitive processes that have worked for them with other clients, but you're also kind of losing that direct human contact. And, yeah. you know, you're probably going to have a salesperson that's going to sell you the package. You're going to have maybe like a content team, like a writer, website designer, but there'll be probably a project manager that'll be the person you work with. Um, and then they'll hand you off to a customer service rep probably at the end. So if you have problems um, or issues, your site goes down or you get a horrible Google review, you probably get like one person, then we'll have to talk to like three to five other people, um, which is, if that's what you want, that's totally fine. Um, but like, that's what you're getting when you probably pay a little bit less for one of these kind of uh, multiple provider um, services. But if you're looking to have, you know, obviously a consultant or expert that kind of like, is like a single point of coordination, I would say, you know, doing your email marketing, doing your Google ads, obviously full, full disclosure, this is what I do. Yeah. Um, but like when you have that person that you can just turn to once a month, that's the person that's writing the stuff on your website. That's the person maintaining it, you know, the turnaround and they'd be able to communicate like that. It's just a different level of customer service. It obviously requires to be a bit more expensive. But at the same time, you know, you have to be feel it's right for you and for your practice. And, um, you know, whether that's a podiatrist that now does marketing or, you know, a bigger you know, conglomerate or a digital marketing provider that's more software based, that's less personalized, you've got to figure out what's right for you. Yeah. And, and even when you're thinking old school marketing, like up here where I live in Kansas, a number of like media companies, they call themselves, where they will do, instead of you working with, say, a newspaper rep, magazine rep, TV, radio, online marketing. You can do that individually, which is what I used to do. I used to work with everybody individually because I could screw them down to a really good deal and I knew how to do it. It was an art form I had created over a number of years. Or you could go to an agency and they would deal with all these different people for you. And, and I could see the advantage of some people wanting to do that because it saved them time dealing with one person. And they say, this is my budget for the month. And they would let them sort of dish it around everywhere. But 
dealing with individual people for different areas was beneficial for me. But I know I knew some media agencies that uh, really didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> they provided all the services because that's what they had to do, but they really did not know what they were doing. And it really all it took was a bit of questioning to actually find out. It goes back to what you said before about asking them questions about who they're working with, what have they done in the past. One thing I used to say to every sales rep that ever walked into my clinic, one, tell me, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. So tell me what you know about podiatry. Before you before you put that proposal in front of me, which I know you've spent so much time doing putting together, what do you know about podiatry? And you'd be surprised how wrong their answers were. <laughs> <laughs> but, them say, but they go, oh, but this proposal's perfect for you. And I go, but what you just told me isn't what I do. Oh, yeah, but this proposal's perfect. And I think you nailed it. It's about like that tight focus on actually knowing what podiatry is and being able to shed a positive light on it um, and, and yeah, in a personal way that really connects with those potential patients. So yeah, everyone kind of finds their own way uh, down this path of you know finding the person to deliver their marketing services. Well, I know, I know for a fact that if someone wanted to say do a, a Google Words, a Google AdWords, and they wanted to um, put something together, if they come and spoke to you as a podiatrist, and said, this is what I want to do and how can I achieve it, it would make more sense talking to you than talking to a complete stranger in another company that's never dealt with a podiatrist. Even if they go, oh, but we've got all the tricks and the tactics. Well, well, actually, Jim has all the tricks and the tactics and podiatry knowledge. Well, you also have to speak, you have to speak patient and you have to speak podiatrist, right? And yeah. I think, um, you know, some, and if you don't know the terminology that podiatrists use and you don't know the terminology that patients use, there can be a great disconnect. And I think that's where, this kind of translating some of these things that we talk about as podiatrists into the the language patients use is hugely important. And you know, you know, sometimes these agencies or larger organizations they can kind of throw around some of terminology to make us feel comfortable. But if they can't do the real translation of those two things, then it's just like it won't connect, uh, or it'll just feel off to potential patients. So, yeah, the person I know who not to talk to is don't talk to me because <laughs> I don't want to do it. It's like I love running my marketing workshops and putting together, like looking at marketing as an overall structure and strategy of putting it all together. But when it comes to the actual doing, that's where if it's anything to do online, I would just push them to you or somebody else that I know. I wouldn't do it. Well, I appreciate that recommendation. I definitely, this podcast is not meant to be a, a, a shill uh, Jim McDaniel's Podiatry Growth Services, but at the same oh, time, Oh, why not? Yeah, why not? We may as well. It's some, it's something you should I... blow your own trumpet <laughs> occasionally. Just like I know when it comes to business coaching, when it comes to business coaches, I blatantly toot my own horn <laughs> that I think I am one of the best business coaches going around for podiatrists. I don't, don't show away from it at all. But, and when it comes to marketing, like online stuff, I would... Yeah, I think you are really good at what you do. So you should blow your, blow your own trumpet. I should have a trumpet on here as my sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love doing it, honestly. Like I got into this because I had, you know, classmates and residents, residency made to, you know, kind of felt like they're having the wool, uh, like kind of pulled over their eyes. So yeah. uh, to kind of at least give people like a straight, a straight shooter, like here's what to expect, uh, information that can be valuable to them. You know, that, that brings me a lot of joy to be able to provide that to my you know, fellow podiatrists out there, whether they're in the US, Canada, around the world, it's definitely something that uh, we all feel driven by something. And my, I feel driven by the kind of intersection of podiatry and marketing. So I'm, I'm always excited to uh, 
get on these calls with you, Tyson, and, and hash it out for around a half an hour and uh, you know, help out our podiatrists that are around the globe. Yeah, and I will point out to everyone, Jim does not pay me a cent to blow his trumpet for him. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have set that up before. Jim, give me a cut. <laughs> but it is, it's, sort of, it's one of those things that, like you said, you love doing what you're doing. I love doing what I'm doing. This podcast, the Podiatry Legends podcast, doing the coaching, I just get such a kick out of it. And it's not just the work that you do and the people you work with, it's the end results that you see other people get. And you don't know where that is going to go in the future. The person you help, who are they going to help next and what are they going to achieve in the world? So Jim, have you got anything else to say? Any final comments before we wrap up? No, I think there's just there's a lot of different ways that podiatry marketing services can be delivered. Obviously, like, you know, you know, rewind, listen back to this podcast as far as what I think are some different options, what the pros and cons are. And then and if you ever have questions about these topics, you know, Tyson and I are available. So feel free to check out, you know, podiatry.marketing and uh, get in touch with us. Okay, Jim, talk to you next week. Look forward to it. Sounds great, Tyson. Bye now. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.